Thank you. Now, if anybody goes to sleep tonight, I've got the best excuse, okay? So if I go to sleep while I'm preaching, that's all right, you can. But if I stay awake, you need to stay awake too, all right? I've been out at Mara for the last four days doing 12-hour shifts out there, so I've got the old... Good things come out of Mara, Jeff, don't they? <laughs> Had the old G40 ThinkPad typing away at night, falling asleep in front of it. And I'm thinking tonight, what am I here for? What am I here for? But that's the title of my message. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? What, you know, we get to different stages of our life and we think, what am I here for? What's my purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Where have I been? What have I done? But what am I supposed to be doing today, tomorrow, this week, next week, this year, next year? The next decade, what is my purpose? How did I get here? Many people ask this same question. How did I get here? Why am I here? What am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? And so many people get their answers from a lie. So many people get their answers from the evolution uh, theories. So many people ask that question all the time. What am I doing here? And they think if we can find out, if we can understand how we got here, then maybe we can find out what our purpose is. But what is my purpose? In Proverbs 19 and 21, now I'll ask you to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter 2, we'll be looking at that tonight. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. But in Proverbs 19, 21, we read this, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I'll read that again. Many are the plans, uh, many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose, uh, sorry, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Philippians 2 and verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. What is my purpose? Ephesians 2.10. Now I sat down, I poured over this verse, I've seen it, you know, read it, read the, um, the passage many, many times and just there were three particular things that I pulled out of this verse to answer the question, what is my purpose? And we'll be looking at that tonight. But Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, for we are God's workmanship, created, to, created in, good, in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus. We are to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Quite often people answer the question, what am I doing here? How did I get here? I think there was a big bang. Then there was some green slime. And then we came from monkeys, but haven't we progressed? We're crouched over a computer looking like monkeys again. And so the idea to answer this question from evolution, the answer that we end up with is we came from nothing. We're going nowhere. No one cares. Evolution tells us that. We came from nothing. We're going nowhere. Who cares? But... On the other hand, God created the earth in seven days. 
in six days and he rested on the seventh, as the Bible says, then I am somebody special. I have a place to go and somebody does absolutely care for me. Looking at this verse again, for we are, number one, God's workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus. We are created to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And out of this verse, I answered this in the following three ways. But the words there, for we are, for we, the word are, you could say, for we exist. Number one, we're created in Christ Jesus. Why? To have relationship with God. Our number one purpose is that we might have relationship with God. Secondly, God's workmanship. We are to reflect God's glory as we read in Ephesians chapter 2. And thirdly, we are to do good works. Firstly, relationship with God through Christ. Secondly, reflect the glory of God, the image of Christ. And thirdly, to carry out good works in Christ Jesus our Lord. Relationship with God through Christ, it can only be through Christ. There are so many religions, so many ways they say to God, so many answers as to why we are here or how we got here. But there's only one way, there's only one truth about the Father. There's only one life of the Father and it's through Jesus Christ. God walked and talked. We are created to have relationship with each other, but with our Lord and Saviour. God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. However, disobedience, sin broke that relationship. But all down through Bible history, God sought to communicate and extend relationship once again to mankind. In the Old Testament, through the Old Covenant, through the patriarchs, Father Abraham, through the leaders, Moses, through the judges, Samson and Deborah, through the kings, Saul and David, through the prophets, Jeremiah, I didn't forget, Jeremiah, Isaiah. Then, nothing. Silence for 400 years. But then, Emmanuel, Christ is born. Emmanuel, God with us. Relationship with God through Jesus Christ. How did God the Father reveal himself to Moses at the burning bush? Moses said, who will I say sent me? God said to him, I am. Seven times in the Gospel of John, or the good, not the Gospel, the good news of John, we could say, Jesus reveals himself saying, I am. In the Greek, ego, I, ami, I am. Jesus said seven times, I, I am one with the Father. I am the bread of life. Come and dine with me. I am the light of the world. Come and shine with me. I am the door of the sheep. Come and enter through me. I am the good shepherd. Come and follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can only come through me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Come and be joined in me, Jesus said. I am the resurrection 
and the life. Come and live in me. Our number one purpose is relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our second purpose in life from this verse in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says, the, uh, sorry, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, then we find this, and we, we again fellowship together, and we who with unveiled faces, see there's no distance, Christ has, remember when Jesus was um, crucified, the temple veil was torn in two. We who with uncovered faces, we who there's no veil, there's no separation between us. You know, God's presence used to be in a temple where only the great high priest or the high priest could enter once a year. But when the temple veil was torn in two, God came out. And we read, particularly in the letters of Paul, that we who were far away are now near. We have been drawn near. This verse in 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. There's so many things to unpack in this verse. I really don't have the time, but we who with unveiled faces, there's no separation. Christ has made a way for us to have relationship. We reflect the Lord's glory. and We are being transformed into the likeness of His Son. Here we find, you know, we reflect the Lord's glory, the Father. We're being transformed into the likeness of the Son, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We find here relationship. We find reflecting the image of God, and we find doing good works, being transformed into the likeness of His Son. Beholding leads to becoming. In the King James Version, this verse reads, but we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, looking at the glory of the Lord as reflecting to us in a glass. We're being changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Beholding leads to becoming. Becoming leads to reflecting. You know, we hear quite often about the island of Guam. And I've said this quite a few times about the island of Guam. There was, in 1944, there was um, a naval officer, G.R. Tweed. He'd been hiding for some two and a half years in the marshes, in the swamps from the Japanese soldiers who wanted to capture him, and there was an, I think there was another two or three people there. And after about two and a half years, you know, he prayed and prayed for rescue. He prayed and prayed for help. And then all of a sudden, he saw this naval boat coming, a friendly boat. And so out of his backpack, he took a little mirror, and he started, he turned it to the sun, and he started to flash it, dot, 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 dash, dash, dash dot, 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 save our souls, SOS. And he was picked up and rescued. And, you know, what about that mirror? We're meant to be mirrors. We, we're not meant to reflect our own whatever we think of ourselves, whatever, whatever glory that we think we have. We're meant to be reflectors 
of the Son, reflecting the image of God through His Son, Jesus. What if that mirror had an ego, a center reflection of itself or of G.R. Tweed and not the Son? What if it was an insecure mirror? What if I blow it, said the mirror? What if I send a dash when I'm supposed to send a dot? What if the mirror had so much self-pity? I've been crammed down in that backpack. It's too bright out here. I'm not even going to reflect anything. Our purpose, our second purpose in life is to reflect the glory of the Lord, the image of Christ. We're meant to be reflectors of the image of Christ. Our third purpose in life is to carry out good works in Christ Jesus. Good works in Christ Jesus. You know, quite often, don't worry about that picture. Oh, it's gone anyway. Don't worry about that picture just yet. But, you know, quite often we, we can get mixed up and think that we have to do good works to earn salvation or we have to do good works to earn God's favor or we have to do good works to earn the answer to our prayers or something. We don't earn that, but that, again, is out of our relationship. As we love the Lord who first loved us, who gave himself for us, we just naturally want to do good works. We, you know, it says there about doing and carrying out good works. It says it through the Bible quite often, but we need to be understanding that it's not earning God's favor or earning salvation, but it's out of relationship that we serve the Lord and do good works. You know, that verse in 2 Corinthians about the veil, if you read that chapter, that whole chapter is about us being ministers of the new covenant, not hidden as Moses was. The glory of the Lord was hidden with a veil because when he spent time in the presence of the Lord, his face shone and the people were afraid. So he had to veil his face. He had to hide the glory of the Lord. He had to stop reflecting the glory of the Lord. The whole chapter in 2 Corinthians, I think chapter 3, talks about us being ministers of the new covenant, ministers of a new and living way to have relationship with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. But we all with unveiled faces reflect the image as we're being transformed into the glory of God. And so we carry out Good works in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, in WA, the third, the third purpose that I found in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 is to carry out good works in Christ Jesus. In Western Australia, when we're in Carnarvon, I met a guy. His name was Michael Snowball. And he was an Aboriginal man. Michael Snowball, and he used to say, I'm a black, black fella, but hello, I'm Michael Snowball. And he asked me, would I come and talk to his dad about Jesus? He said, would you please come to our community and just, I'd like you to talk to my father about Jesus. I went, yeah, sure, that'd be good. You know, where do you live? Oh, Burangara. I said, that's interesting. Where's that? Oh, it's East in the desert, now we're on the west coast, so it's east in the desert. I said, how far? He said, oh, maybe 400, 500 kilometers. I went, okay. So I made contact with the community manager and I just said to him, you know, what permission do I have to have to come in now? Mount Augustus or Borangara as the Aboriginal people call it. 
is twice as big as Uluru or the, um, the big red rock. And so he said to me, he said, this is, you know, this is where it is. There's a community was about 40 kilometers away. When I rang up the community manager, he just said, if Michael Snowball invited you, he said, you can come and do what you please. He said, it's a, it's a closed community but to outsiders, but we have a little shop here and some of the, um, the tourists, the grey nomads, stop for supplies, but we don't like them walking around the community. But if you have been invited by Michael Snowball, he said, you can bring whoever you'd like to because that, his father is the elder. He's the, the traditional owner of the land. And so he said, you can come and go as you please. So on the way out there, it was, it was roughly 400 kilometers. And I decided I didn't know where I was going to stay, so I just set up a camp in the back of my ute. And I drove into this place called Landor, which is a, um, pretty much a race course in the desert. And people go there to camp. I just looked on the internet this afternoon. It's the end of September, and then they have another one in October. But it's way out in the desert, so you have to be self-sufficient when you go out there. And so here I am camping under this shed and I took some lamb chops. My wife helped me get stuff ready and supplies and to spend a few days out at this community with Michael Snowball and his father. And it was just short of probably 30 kilometres down the road and somebody told me that I could camp in this place. Just go in the gate, there's all these sheds and you can just camp there in your ute. And so I cooked... I had some lamb chops and I sprinkled them with garlic and salt and I cooked them over a little gas fire and oh, it was so beautiful. I was, I was proud of myself, bread and butter. And here I am in the middle of the desert, been a hot day driving and I was just, just famished and, and I was tucking into these lamb chops and I was just thinking how good I was, how, how great a job I, I did. And so I pulled my fold-up chair out under the stars and I sat there eating my lamb chops and bread and butter and I thought, gee, I've done a wonderful, good job. This is so good. And all of a sudden, I realized I was just under this massive big canopy of stars. No hills, no trees, only a couple of little silhouettes of sheds. And, and it was just so beautiful. Now, all the weather, all the wind comes from the west. So on the west coast and just a little bit into the desert, the air is crystal clear. There's no lights for hundreds, thousands of kilometers. And so the, the star canopy just absolutely blew me away. It was the first time I'd ever seen it like that. And here I am thinking how wonderful I was cooking these lamb chops. And all of a sudden, I was just astounded by the wonder of the beauty of the stars and the Milky Way. I'd never, ever seen so many stars in the sky just in the middle of the desert. And so here I was thinking, you know, I'd done a good job, but I was just blown away as to the glory and the wonder of the creation of the Lord. And I was thinking, you know, I'm so small, but I keep wanting to remind God all the time how important I am. My rights, my problems, my life, my ministry, my family, my car, my house, my future, my plans my dreams. The media is full of me, me, me. Ephesians 2.10 again, for we exist. We are God's workmanship. We are, in different translations, we find the words, we are God's masterpiece. We are God's handiwork. We are, his given, we are given existence by him. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. 
which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's already designated in one, in one um, translation, I think it's the New Jer- Jerusalem Bible, he has already designated to make up your way of life. God prepared in advance works for us to do, already designated to make up our way of life. In, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 11, we're talking about works and good works and not to earn salvation but out of relationship, out of what God has prepared for us to do. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. The purpose to prepare God's works, uh, God's people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up. Relationship in Christ. We have relationship with God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have to reflect, you know, our purpose to reflect the glory of God through the image of Christ. And then thirdly, to carry out good works in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Psalm 37 and verse 4 says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now what desires of our heart does the Lord give us? I believe the Lord gives us the desires as we seek Him with all our being, as we seek Him with our heart, soul, body, and mind. The desires of our heart that He gives to us are the desires that as He was knitting us together in our mother's womb, He placed deep within us the desires of our heart that we might do good works. He placed desires in our heart. And it's called needs awareness. We have been wired, each one of us differently, to respond to certain needs around us. That's called needs awareness. How do we find out the good works that we're supposed to be doing? Needs awareness, the desires of our heart, where God has placed his desires deep in our hearts. We might react to starving or abused children on the TV. We might react in a certain way to a a country or a people. The marketplace we might be drawn to. We might be drawn to community help or charity. How are we wired? What are the things, what are the desires that God placed within our heart? I believe those desires are the things that we react to in a way of compassion, in a way of wanting to fill the need, in a way of wanting to help. God has wired us each differently, separate to each other, that we would respond to different things. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you those desires of your heart, the desires that He placed deep within us. Sometimes we put the cart before the horse and pretend we can earn our salvation through works. That's the old covenant where God's presence was hidden by a veil. The moment Jesus died on the cross, the temple veil was torn in two. We Gentiles who were separated and far away from God have now been made near by the blood of Christ. Ephesians 2.13. Can I have the the music team again, please, Kate? Our third purpose, to carry out good works in Christ Jesus. You know, 
Evolution doesn't quite answer what is my purpose, does it? Evolution tells us that we came from nothing, we're going nowhere and nobody cares. But thank God he created us to have relationship with him. He created us that we might even have fellowship and, and relationship with one another. He created us that, you know, we would do good works, that we would reflect the glory of God, number two, and that we would carry out good works. And it's all through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Relationship with God in Christ. Reflect the glory of God, the image of Christ. Carry out good works only through Jesus Christ, our Lord, through the help of the Spirit of God. As He reveals to us, as He helps us understand what those desires are, God says, I will give you the desires of your heart. What is my purpose? What am I doing here? What am I here for? Relationship with God, reflect the glory of God and do good works. Be ministers of that new covenant, ministers of that taking the veil away that others might have relationship with God. Thank you, Pastor James. Thanks, Kate. Come on, how about we just stand tonight one more time? I think that's a very clear message of truth, that there's great purpose. What are we supposed to do in life? I think sometimes the world, just uh, as David mentioned, just drags us away from really where not only purpose, but real peace and joy and hope are found in Christ. It kind of gets us distracted on sometimes money or things or other people or uh, sport. We're a great nation of sports lovers, aren't we? But when it comes back to the reality of where we should be focused and what gives us the purpose, it really is God. And I wonder if we could just close our eyes for a moment, each of us here in this place, and just give yourself a, 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 just a moment to consider this question. Am I someone who needs to find new purpose and not just find it in my work or other people or the things I do, but find it in God? Do I actually believe in God? And if I do believe in God, what should my response be tonight? And you know what? The Bible just says there is a response that we need, and that is to believe in Him. Believe in His Son, Jesus Christ, and what He's done, and that He died on a cross. Someone had to take our sins. Someone had to take the penalty. Someone needed to uh, pay for what we've done wrong in our lives. Jesus Christ was that someone. The wonderful thing is He rose again. And he, he says to us, you know, if you would come and believe in me, I can actually give you purpose, give you direction. Because I'm the source of that purpose and, and direction for your life. And the Bible says that we would just confess that. With not just our mouth, but from our heart, really believing it. And say yes to Jesus Christ. So tonight I just would ask you, if... Really simple, if you would like me to pray a prayer and asking God into my life, 
that's talking about you, I just want you to raise your hand, extend your hand and say, yep, that's me. I need to believe and confess him. Is there anybody tonight? I know that there's a lot of people who have done that, but maybe there's people. I just wouldn't want like to miss the opportunity. You've never said yes to Christ. Say yes to him. And it's a confession of your heart, with your mouth and a belief in your heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is anybody, I just for a moment, I'll just give you another opportunity. Anybody to stick saying, yep, I need to be included. I need to believe. We're good. Fantastic. Well, let me just pray anyway. Father, I thank you tonight for every person here. I thank you, Father, for the compelling truth that's just been presented. That you give us purpose. It's not something this world has made up like evolution, as David said, Lord. But it's the reality of you've created us. And if you've created me, that means I'm special. And every person here is special. Father, if there's some people here tonight who are just weighing up that whole message and considering it, I pray that you'll help us to come to the understanding of your incredible love for us, your incredible purpose for us, and how you want us as your child, a Christian. So we commit ourselves to you tonight. We commit our, this week to you. Lord, we thank you that your presence goes with us that we would reflect your goodness. It was so clearly shared. Just reflect God, even to other people. And that we'd have your words to speak. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, you go with us now in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, amen. Come on, let's just sing this song one more time tonight and we'll uh, go on to the rest of the night.